intergenerational trauma. It's a trauma that is passed down. And the lessons that black people may tell their children to try and keep them safe can be traumatizing in themselves. To talk more about this, we're joined this morning by assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at McGill University in Montreal, Myrna Lashley. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning. I'm actually in the Department of Psychiatry. Psychiatry. My apologies. Thank you so (laughs) much for your time this morning and joining us. Can you explain to us a little bit about how this intergenerational trauma would work then? Oh, well, what happens is that because of what has traditionally happened to black people and the pressure of having to cope with that, to cope with it every day in terms of systemic racism, in terms of dealing with the police, uh, racial profiling, uh, employment, uh, even just getting a place to live and being told that the place is no longer available once you get there. Yes, that still occurs. And then you, you have to prepare your children almost from the minute they're born. You start teaching them how to navigate this system. And the reason you're doing that is try, trying to protect them from what has happened to you. You're trying to protect them from the intergenerational trauma. Unfortunately, the fact of having to do that can also be a trigger for the intergenerational trauma. It's passed down in what we call epigenetics. Uh, it attaches the trauma, uh, trauma attaches itself to your genetics. It doesn't change your eyes or anything like that. But it does attach itself so it that's, gets passed down. The trauma gets passed down from one generation to the other. So when you're saying to your child, especially if you've got a a male child and a big male child, and you're saying, look, make sure that your hands are always uh, visible when the police or so mm-hmm. anyone comes around. Or when you go into a store, even if all you bought is a pack of gum, make sure that you've got that bill. Oh, never leave the store without the bill. Those are things that you have to remember to teach your kid that the kid has to remember, which can be traumatic, which really increases the, uh, the intergenerational trauma. So, Myrna, what's interesting about this is, uh, obviously, as parents, we want to protect our children. Um, so do we do something that's counterintuitive? Would, you know, when you talk about a black parent, would it be better or what would be the best course of action to not pass along these lessons and these thoughts? No, um, you have to pass So there's along. the issue. So this is going to happen. So how do, we, how do we aid this issue or how do we look at taking apart this intergenerational trauma and, uh, you know, Um, kind of getting past it so it doesn't damage not only the child, but the uh, parent for rehashing these stories. Well, therein lies the rub. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, parents will do their best to protect their children. You know, I'm going to say something that I, I know a lot of people get upset about, but the fact is that this is all based on a colonial system, uh, systemic racism. It's all based on the colonial system that's been passed on. And everybody is trapped in this. It's trapped in the whiteness of the system. And when I talk about whiteness, I'm talking about an ideology rather than a person. The, the systemic racism is trapped within this ideology of whiteness. So it really, and here's the, the controversial part, is that racism it's really not a problem for black people. The effects of it is what black people live, the pain of racism. But racism is a, it comes out of a colonial system, and the only people who can change that are the people who are willing to take responsibility for the privilege they've got, not, the, not responsibility for what was done, and nobody's saying that, the responsibility for what you're living now, and help 
and we work together to change it. Until that happens, black parents are going to have to continue to do what they can to protect their children. It's just normal. I mean, if you don't, then somebody's still going to get angry at you and say, well, why didn't you teach the kid how to protect himself mm-hmm. or herself? I mean, it's, 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 it's a catch-22. You, you can't win this one. So, Myrna, I mean, as you say, you know, we as white people, we're not our generation now, not responsible for what happened. But are we responsible then to become the best allies we can to step up and be part of, for example, the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter protests, the movement, the, you know, being out on the street with our black brothers and sisters and trying to, you know, learn and understand is, is that where we can step in to try and stop this from continuing? But that's one of the that's one way to do it. The other way is to do introspection and that's where it becomes very painful. Because once you do introspection and you start looking at your own privileges and you realize where did these privileges come from? Uh how do I relinquish some of them or how do I try to 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 equalize it? You know, we're not talk I remember that we're not talking about equality. People get that mixed up. We're talking about equity. You know, this is a whole different ball game, and so because by what what I mean is, if you give everybody the same textbook, then you're doing e- uh, e- equality. But if the if some people can't read to begin with, mm-hmm. and you've given them the textbook, uh, they're not going to get any further. Uh, you know, the child isn't going to progress anymore. First, you have to teach the child to to read. So I think white people have to look at they they have to do the introspection. They have to do it on a personal level, and they have to do it on a communal level. They have to look at it and be aware that once you do that, you're going to probably have to uh, challenge a lot of things that you've taken for granted, a lot of things in your heritage. Um, The thoughts that pop in your head? The thoughts that pop into the things that mom and dad Mm -hmm. and grandparents have taught you. And you may have to come to the decision that certain things I just cannot speak about with my parents or my grandparents. That's very painful. I understand that. But not doing that means that we continue this division and it will get wider. Because black people are now at a point where they're looking for change. And if, if white people dig in and say we are not changing, we will not look at our prejudices. We will not look more specifically at our privileges. This chasm is going to get wider and wider and people are going to go into their respective corners. And I don't know how to get people out of that once they go there. So, Myrna, we've talked about intergenerational trauma. We've defined it. So from a psychiatry uh, point of view or even a psychologist uh, point of view, uh, what, how does it manifest itself? Is this come out in, as anxiety for people who have suffered this type mm-hmm. of trauma? What do you see as a professional? It, um, well, as you say, anxiety. We have higher rates of cardiovascular disorders. Um, we have a lot of anger. Uh, you have people, you, people can resort to substance abuse just to cope. Act, uh, depression is prevalent uh, because and and, the st- and it's stress because it's stress that's put on the body and the body cannot maintain a state of stress indefinitely you know the body naturally seeks homeostasis and when you can't get there one way or the other you either go down into the to the depths of uh, depression you go on the dark side or you become overly 
excited and that could be manifested in anger or all kinds of things. So there are physical as well as emotional outgrowths of having to deal with this stress on a daily basis. As I said, you're looking at cardiovascular disorders and, you know, hypertension and those kinds of things. It's a fascinating discussion and, you know, judging by the ignorant text we just got in, obviously there's work to be done. So we appreciate your time and the conversation. Thank you for joining us, Myrna. Thank you for having me and have a great day. Thank you. You too. That's Myrna Lashley, Assistant Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at McGill University in Montreal. Time for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. A mix of unique single-family homes, townhomes and condos.